5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, yesterday we uh, started the conversation about slaves and masters, and Paul mentions it a couple of times and how we can bring that into the dysfunction of trying to uh, be able to justify slavery like the kind that we had in our nation and not the indentured servitude slavery that uh, was in the first century, which is a different kind of slavery. When you're looking at it, it's more of like boss worker. And so we can take that Paul's words, like in Ephesians and Colossians, when he's talking about slave and master, to really be like, all right, who's the authority? Who's the boss? And uh, we can take that into say, we're not just serving then our master, we're going to serve the Lord. So today was a continuation of that uh, conversation. I told you I was going to, you know, bring you to, you know, the conversation, uh, which is in, well, it starts in Colossians, um, but it kind of basically continues over Colossians and Philemon, if you didn't know this already, are connected. So Colossians has, you know, is going to be delivered to the same people um, who are going to also then receive uh, Philemon as well. And so the book of Philemon is not one of those ones that a lot of people go to quite a bit. It's just one chapter. Um, so you don't refer to it as Philemon 1, uh, it's just Philemon and verse. And so Philemon, if you're looking at it, uh, he's asking, uh, Paul's asking Philemon about Onesimus, and, and that's verse 8. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onismus. I became his father in the faith while we were in prison. Onismus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to the both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. Now, a little bit of a backstory then. Onismus. Uh, as we chances are, uh, what we do know a little bit of a background is Onismus was a runaway slave, right? So he was working in the household of Philemon, and he runs and he escapes. Now, because of that, because of the indentured servitude that really is uh, this life for Onismus, that he has a debt to pay. Now. Paul, now how, however it happened, Onesimus, whether he ran to Paul or whether he was in that direction, heard about Paul, to, you know, it was then uh, God, you know, transformed Onesimus's heart, and now he was working with Paul in this whole journey of, of telling people about Jesus and calling people to discipleship. Now, Onesimus has, has changed, and, and Paul's saying now he works with us. And he doesn't just work for you. And so I'm asking you, Philemon, if you would kind of just, uh, you know, look at this and, and not hold any grudges. And then he later on down uh, in 
in uh, verse 20, he says, Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Right? So he's saying, whatever debt that he owes, let you then put it on my tab. And, and I think that, that what we have going on here, and we don't get the, the continuation of the story. We don't get uh, what happens after this. We don't get Philemon's response. We simply only hear one side of it. We get, hey, like, this guy ran away. We know that he owes you a debt. But I'm asking here and now to cancel that debt or to then put that debt on me and, and not put it on him. And here's a moment, and this is a, a beautiful part that actually would probably come from, uh, you know, even though, you know, we, we don't know the reaction, but what Onismus and what Paul's doing with Onismus is he didn't, he didn't just saying to Philemon, hey, I'm keeping him, now charge the debt to me. He's saying, but I am going to send him back to you because this is what's right. And so where is the dysfunction in the whole thing? Well, it's, it, it's in that same concept of when we're looking at slave and master, and even within that early church movement, there were people who were still, you know, kind of maybe holding some of these, these same ideas of like, well, I own you, or, you know, is there those moments that uh, you're looking at people and you're saying, we're not equals. And that's it's a hard concept to be able to hold as a Christian, is to be able to look at other people and say, I'm more valuable than you are. And what we look at then with God is that in the moments of creation, God made us, formed us, God, through the scriptures, tell us that it was, you know, it's even in our mother's wombs that, that God is knitting us together. This is how much God loves each and every one of us. So we should never, whether we're in a position where we're a CEO of a billion dollars, you know, plus company, we would never be able to say to somebody else, like, you're less than me. And unfortunately, it happens a lot both within the world, but also, unfortunately, a lot within the church. We're creating these hierarchies of who's more important, and it's wrong, and it's a dysfunction. And we really need to be able to look at and value that God has created each and every one of us, and he's created us for who we are. So we cherish that. So that's what I want to leave you with today is uh, taking a look at, uh, at who we are and God really loving us, creating us, and we all have value. All right, so today is Friday, so that also means, as I told you at the beginning of the week, that we would be concluding the dysfunctional family tree. Now, you're looking at, yeah, we, we, there's so much more to the Bible to cover, right? But here's the the gist, and I, I hope that you've been able to receive it, is to understand that, you know, as far as humanity, there is no perfection. As far as it goes with the church or with, uh, with God's people, whether Old Testament or New Testament, there's always people who are elevated to positions or elevated into places like, 
you know, and, and put up on pedestals because they're like, oh, you're doing cool stuff, so therefore you've got to be the best. And people like Peter. And people, you know, as we've seen Peter hit with his many, many flaws, we, we should never say Peter is the greatest. We're always looking at Jesus. It's the same thing I want you to take into churches today, is that people should not be elevated. And, and there is, I mean, I don't know if this is just within, you know, my little church body, but uh, is we have a tendency to, to, to put pastors in this position like, oh, the most holy, the most reverent, the most blah, blah, blah. Like, like this is a dangerous precedent for us to set, that if somebody's going to be so far above that it's like, oh, wait a second, what happens if they fail? What happens if they fall? And we've created the pedestals that we're putting people on. And then if we're creating them and they break, we're going to, of course, have ownership. And so no one deserves to be up on a pedestal. Only thing that we should be lifting up is God. And that's the way that we've always ended it, whether it's the talk of this recently about slavery and racism and all kinds of issues there. We can say, you know what? No one's perfect, but it doesn't mean that we should also ignore it. Let's hold up God and say God's the one who is righteous and just and will figure out all these things for us. All right, hopefully you've enjoyed the series. We're going to move on next week to something new, something different. So we will see you next week. All right, take care.